You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so this movie, <clears throat> this movie Aquaman, it's an origins movie. It's one about, you know, it tells us where he came from. And, you know, as, as it said in the trailer there, tells us where he came from. And so even if you don't know Aquaman, by watching this movie, you learn. And I, I love origin movies. Even, even when, <clears throat> like some of the, 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 even the Star Wars movies, how it's, it's like they went back then and then gave us the origins of it. You know, and, and I, I love that because of two things, two things we see in origin movies. We see we learn where the hero came from okay so in this movie we learn where Aquaman came from we learn uh, his history we learn his makeup we learn how he became who he is you know what it is that made him this person but the other awesome thing that we get to watch is we get to watch him learn who he is we get to watch Aquaman actually figure out who it is that he is destined to become what his purpose in life is. And as, and as, we, <clears throat> as we get to see it ourselves and then watch him understand it himself, so then the question for me at the, at the beginning of this message for you today, the question I, I think I have for you today is, is, do you know who you are? Have you looked back to see all that God has done to this point and say, wait a minute, what, what is it that God has been preparing me for today? What is it that God has been, has been building up? I, I, I got to tell you, you know all these new game shows that's coming? Y'all watching these new game shows? Spin the Wheel. I mean, come on, could somebody not come up with a better name than that, right? Spin the Wheel or, or The Wall. Uh, now, The Wall, okay, that one I get a little bit better, but Spin the Wheel or some of these others, you know, we were watching, I don't even remember which one it was. Uh, we were watching, grandkids were over, and they were kind of getting into it, so I was watching it with them. And, uh, and, and, and this guy, he was, he was moving on, he was making more, making more money and making more money. And, uh, and it just hit me which game show it was now. But, uh, and and his, his, his family was there with him, and, and his mom was, you know, was encouraging him. And his mom looked at him in the middle of this, and she said, she said, everything you've done has prepared you for this moment. And I'm saying, really? <laughs> you know, all the stuff I've done, all the junk that I've gone through in my life, all the trouble that I've had, and all it's done is prepared me to be on a game show? I mean, it hasn't prepared me for anything more significant than my 15 minutes of fame that nobody's going to remember my name after this show is over. They're going to remember all the money that I lost or all the money I could have had or all the mistakes that I've This is what, no, no, no. And so when, when we look back at our, our origins, think about what, what is it that God has pre- been preparing you for all this time? Hope it's a lot more than a game show. Hope it's a lot more than just sitting and watching TV you know, hour after hour, or on, on your phone, Facebook, whatever it is. I hope it's a lot more than that. I, I've got to believe all the, I, I just got to tell you, all the junk I've been through, I believe God's preparing me for more than just ordinary life. And you've got to decide that also. Is that God, there have been too many things that you brought me through. There have been too many battles that I've won for it to be just ordinary life. And so we can easily relate this to Aquaman. And that when he began to realize that he had a supernatural side, you know what, you know what, and, and, and I like this, this was, this was kind of, of a joint little thing as, as thought that kind of came up, is that 
his supernatural side ended up being more natural to him. I, I, I like that play on words right there, right? That the supernatural side of who he was actually came more natural to who he was. He struggled a little bit more in, in, in the flesh and in the, in, in the body, and, and yet it seems like he flourished in his supernatural side. You know, and there's a little dialogue between him and, and kind of his mentor teacher that helped him with that supernatural understanding. Aquaman said, I already know how to swim. This is when he was probably a teenager. And uh, Volko replied, not even close. Okay, you know, imagine me. You've seen Aquaman a little bit, at least on the trailer, right? Imagine me telling Aquaman, Aquaman, I know how to swim. <laughs> Did you see him swim? He would say, like Volko, that's what Volko's saying. <laughs> not even close. You have to forget all the teaching of the surface world and go deeper to discover your Atlantean instincts. Okay, if you hadn't figured it out, here's what I want to do right here is I want to draw this parallel between, uh, between uh, Aquaman's super, superhero, superhuman uh, abilities and, and, and this world, the world that you and I live in, the, the land. You know, I want to draw that parallel between that and the parallel with you and me that we have a spirit and we have a body, that we are, we are these beings that it's not just this fleshly thing that's right here, okay? And so, so sometimes I think we, we think we got it, like Aquaman. I already know how to swim. I already know how to handle that. I already know how to do that. I don't need a small group. I don't need prayer. I don't need somebody telling. I don't need preaching. I don't need, I don't need somebody to encourage me. I can keep myself encouraged. I don't need a good song here and there, those kinds of things. I, I, you know, I tell God I love him. I don't need to worship with everybody. Like, I've already got it all figured out. And you know, and you know what those who are spiritual would say to you? Those who are really walking in the spirit, you know what they would say to you? Not even close you need to unlearn the things that your flesh has taught you. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you throw everything away, right? Because uh, Volker would also tell him that, that doesn't mean don't, you know, stop, uh, you know, forget how to breathe air because he needs to keep breathing air when he's up here on land, right? And so he doesn't need to forget everything, but what he needs to understand is the, the things of, relating this to us, the things of flesh will hinder and hold back the power of the spirit that is within us. And, 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 and if you've got any questions, let me just take you to some scripture, that next slide, if you will, Tommy. Uh, Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Okay, so we're not just like this. We're made in the image of God. What is that like? Job 32.8. There's a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them. Romans 8.16, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Zechariah 12.1, this message is from the Lord, who stretched out the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, and formed a human spirit not form the human body you know that's what we think of when we when we look back to genesis we we think of the, about that body that was formed but no he became a living soul it was more than just a fleshly body that was created he created the human spirit and in reality i believe we are more spirit than we are flesh how long is that flesh that you're living in right now how long is it going to last you know some of you're hoping for 80 90 100 years maybe you know if it lasts for 100, I'll give you 110, okay? You know, longer than most anybody has lived, you know? 110 years. I'll give you 110. If it lasts for 110 years, how long is that spirit going to last? You understand, we're so much more spirit than we are flesh. But what do we do? We live based on this. We live based on what we see, feel, hear, touch, everything, what we smell, what it's about. This is, this, is, this is who we think we are, and we miss. We miss so much of it because 
We are more spirit than we are flesh. So what do we need to do? We, we got, you know, there are a lot of people into, into physical exercise, building this up, right? Oh, you can tell, not me, right? You know, but a lot of people are. But are we, every one of us should be into building up the spirit, especially Christians, to understand, to understand that our, that our battles are not flesh and blood. Our battles are against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places, the Word of God tells us. That's where our battles are, and so, so we've got to, we gotta, we got to build this, this, sometimes we call him the inner man, we've got to build this spirit man up. He's got to be stronger than the flesh. We've got to do that. And to paraphrase a kind of a saying that's been said a lot of different ways, I'm going to say it a different way again this morning, is we don't prepare to fail, right? We don't prepare to fail. We fail to prepare. But the end result is still a fail. <laughs> you know, if you, if you prepare to fail, nobody does that. Nobody says, I am, I'm getting ready to fail here. I'm going to fail really big. Nobody really prepares to fail, but we fail to prepare. But the end result is still a fail. When you don't prepare the end result will still be a fail. You're going to fail. Now, Aquaman, he had these amazing abilities and supernatural powers and that, uh, that, that he was given beyond imagination, beyond anything we can imagine. I mean, when you first think of, of, of uh, Aquaman, you know, when I think of Aquaman, first thing I think of, because when I was a kid, this was the this, this was the this was a superpower I probably would have liked to have more than anything, to be able to swim with and talk to all of the sea life. To just be able to talk to them and, and then, you know, and I, I, that was a big thing. See, you say that, uh, like we had the little uh, uh, Facebook quiz yesterday. I didn't know if you see it, don't know if you saw it yet or not, but, but go there and, and, and throw yours in. And, and so I was saying, you know, when you, when you compare Aquaman's being able to talk to the fish <laughs> to Superman's being able to fly, you know, <laughs> or something like that, it, it sounds a little lame, doesn't it? But there's so many more things that Aquaman could do. And, and the, the, the abilities and the powers that he had. He prepared them. He developed them. Okay, now, back up a few years, quite a few years. There was, a, there was another old movie. Uh, anybody ever seen or heard of The Karate Kid? You know, The Karate Kid? Okay, and in this movie, I mean, to me, it was like, the reason I'm bringing it up is I think it's the quintessential movie for what, I, what I'm going to talk about right here. It's what happened is he had a problem. I mean, he got beat up by a bunch of, by a bunch of uh, bullies, a bunch of karate bullies, you know. And so, so what he did was then he, he found this guy, this guy that rescued him. He had him teach him karate so he could defend himself. So it's like he gets beat up. And some of you are older than me. You'll remember some of this back from, you know, get beat up on the beach and you got to go find, you know, that, pump yourself up so you can go back and whoop the guy on the beach, right? You know, same story over and over and over. And you'll find it in lots of stories, right? And so the karate kid, he gets beat up. The guy rescues him. He says, okay, teach me this karate. And so then he goes and prepares. And you think, man, that's great, isn't it, to do that? I mean, that's what we need to do. But why don't we prepare before? If he'd have been prepared before, he wouldn't have got beat up in the first place. Understand? That's what Aquaman is doing. As a teenager, he's preparing. Now, he doesn't know what he's preparing for. Get this, because some of you are saying, but I don't really have a problem today. You got one coming. If you're alive, I can promise you there's a problem coming down the road. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, you know, and I've said this pretty much most of my ministry, is, is we're all in one of three places. We either have a problem today, or we just got out of a problem, or we're, we've got one coming in the next few days. I mean, that's just, that's just life the way it is. You've got problems. Aquaman didn't know he's, he was preparing 
to be the king of Atlantis. He didn't know he was preparing to be the hero that was going to rescue the world, not just, not just the undersea world, but the whole world, if you hadn't seen the movie, okay? He didn't know he was doing that. You know, really, what was happening to Aquaman is he was discovering these abilities that he had once he realized what real swimming was. You know, it's like, oh, man, this is awesome, and he, I want to go for that. And so he started developing it because it was awesome. You need to get that. Is that you have an ability... Bring that next slide up because we also have been given special abilities. There's your scripture and it's on the on the connect page in the sermon notes We won't take time to read it. We have special abilities that we have been given and we have access to power beyond imagination And and you might say but I, I, I don't have a problem to prepare for today Well, why don't we prepare so that we're ready for the problem that's coming tomorrow? And, and when you begin preparing and realize this amazing power that is at your disposal You'll be like that giddy little, little teenager, uh, Aquaman, who is like, man, this is awesome, and I, I want, I want to sit, push this. I want to see how fast I can swim. I want to see how this. And maybe you start developing for that reason because you begin to understand how amazing the spirit life actually is and the power of the spirit that God has put inside of you and made available to you. And you start saying, man, this is awesome. And you start preparing and preparing and preparing. And when you do, then you're ready for that. And, and unlike the karate kid, you don't get beat up the first time. You're ready for the problem that is coming tomorrow. Or you can sit and wait till you got a problem, then you can call the pastor and say, Pastor, I don't know what to do because I haven't been working on my marriage. I haven't been praying for my kids. I haven't been asking God. I, I, I love, I love somebody, somebody this morning had a prayer request. I love the prayer request because this is what they said. They said someone in their family needed a job and they had an awesome opportunity this week. And you know what they asked for? What would most of us ask for? Let this be the job. That's not what they asked for. They said, we want God's will. Because, again, let me tell you, because God knows stuff I don't know, right? He knows if the boss that, that this person's going to have to work for is the worst boss in all of Birmingham, right? God knows that kind of stuff. And so, and so when we, we start praying those kinds of prayers and, and live in, this, in the spirit world, we're prepared for the stuff that life throws at us. Oh, I, I got into a lot, of, a lot of preaching there that I didn't even know I was going to say. Uh, take me to the next slide so I'll just remember where I'm at. There you go, there you go. But to win, to win, here's what Aquaman had to do. He had to bring this supernatural power that was given to him, he had to bring it into his physical world. All right, you, you got to get this, guys, because most of us, that's the problem. That's why we're calling pastors saying, I don't know what to do. It's because we live, this, this, and I'm not saying this is the way we should do it, but this is the way we do it. We live day to day in a physical, fleshly world, and we visit our spirit world on Sundays. Amen? Maybe, maybe for... You know, how long, does a, how long does the average Christian spend praying and reading his Bible every day? You know, from what I've, what I've read, it's less than 10 minutes. So I guess some of you who are at 11 minutes a day, you're thinking, oh, I'm above average, right? Okay, so, but maybe we visit. We visit the spirit world, the spirit realm, the spirit who I am for 10 minutes a day. And then we live, but we live in this and we think in this and we... This, this is why I'm a big proponent of reading your Bible and praying first thing in the morning. doesn't always happen to me. When I, get, I get a phone call real early in the morning. i got to run somewhere. You know, I'm trying to pray or whatever, but I don't have time to, to read the Bible. And, and, and uh, you know, the policemen, they kind of frown on me reading the Bible going down the road. So sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But one of the reasons I am a big proponent of that is because the first thing in the morning when I read Scripture and I pray, it reminds me I am a spirit being. 
I'm not just a flesh being. That this is not what's going to be important today. The appetites and the desires and the hungers that I have in my flesh are not the things that need to be fed today. But the things that need to be fed are the appetites and the hungers and the desires that is in my spirit, man. And by reading and, and, and reading the Bible and, and praying very first thing, even, even, even if it's just a little something, if, you know, and I, I wouldn't say every morning just, just read one verse, but I say even those days where that's, you're running out the door and you've got time to just read a verse, just one verse, just to remind you that you are a spirit being. And the reason, I think the reason so many of us are failing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, is because we're living flesh instead of living spirit. What he did, the way he won, because he got beat the first time. Because he didn't understand trying to bring it in this way. But the way he won was he brought the spirit, what he had in the spirit, he brought it into his fleshly life. Think about what would happen to your life if you were able to bring the power of God that we talk about on Sunday morning, that we, that we celebrate on Sunday morning, that we feel and say, yes, this is awesome, this is wonderful. And sometimes we don't want to go home. We don't want to say amen. We don't want it to be over. But it doesn't have to be over. To take that supernatural spirit of what God has given to you and made accessible to you and take it home into your daily life. Bring it in every morning. Wake up and, and invite that and remind yourself, wait a minute, I am not a flesh man or woman. I am a spirit man. I am a spirit being. I have been given a spirit of God, and he is within me. According to those scriptures we just read, this is who I am, and all these things are within me. And when, when you do that, you know what happens? You stop losing. Okay, I, I, I know. I know, but you stop losing. I'll, I'll explain a little bit more right there in just a second. I, I know there's somebody's going to say, well, but, but no, just you'll stop losing. You keep asking, why am I losing? Why am I losing? Because you have not yet brought the power of God that he has given to you into your flesh or into your physical life and world. And that's what you've got to do. Okay, so here's, here's the, I guess for some of you, the half of that is, you see, there is, a, there is a war going on. There is an enemy. And if you are not fighting spiritually, I guarantee you, you are losing. You'll win a battle. You'll knock off, you're like Aquaman, he, he might knock off a shark or the, whatever, but he's not going to win the big battle until he was able to figure out how to bring all this supernatural power that was at his disposal into his being of who he really was. He, he just kept losing. And you're going you're to keep losing until you figure that out. If you, are not, if you are not fighting spiritually, and I mean every battle that you've got, you know, last November, I took, I took pretty much a whole sermon just to tell you the story of, of the land that we purchased so we can, we can build our, our forever house, people call them, or whatever. You know, uh, Jesus is building my forever house, just in case you want to know, okay? But the, for here on this earth, all right? And, and I, I do, you know, do you know why I did that? Because I, I, wanted you, I wanted you to understand about all these flesh things that we're concerned about, about how to bring the power of the Spirit into that through prayer. And by, I'll have to show you pictures because we just got sheetrock hung, but, but underneath that sheetrock, I've got, I took pictures of it. Underneath that sheetrock, there are scriptures written all over, all, all over the studs in our, in our house. Why? Because we didn't want to just build it out of two-by-fours and, and, and drywall and nails and screws. We wanted it built out of the power of God. We had several people go by, and I asked them, bring a scripture and write it down there. And, and, and someone even brought a, a prayer Bible, a, a, a prayer book, 
a promise book, and, and they stuck it underneath behind some of the insulation that has been stuck. I wanted you to understand, you, you need to see this, is you're going to keep losing. You're going to keep losing until you figure out how to, how to bring the, the power of the Spirit into your flesh world. If you aren't fighting spiritually, I guarantee you, you're losing. And in war, see, here, here's, you know, it's, bad that, it's bad that you're losing if you're not fighting. Okay, that's bad. But here's the worst part. Is that in war, there are high casualty losses. We had a typo on there. I was looking to see if it got changed. <laughs> uh, and, and it did. In, in war, there's, there are high casualty losses. Innocents get harmed. Ch think about it. Children go hungry in war, right? When, when war happens, people go hungry. People lose their homes. People lose their possessions. People lose their, everything about their lives, and people die. Now, I'm not just talking about warriors. I'm talking about innocents happen. This happens to innocents. And so when, when I'm not fighting the battle in, in, with, with the power of the Spirit that is within me, when I'm just going through the motions through the week and I'm figuring it all out myself and I'm not asking God, what is your will for this? God, you know things I don't know. Show me how to walk here. Show me what to do. And when I'm not doing that, I'm losing, but those around me are too. My spouse, my kids, my grandkids, my friends, and as pastor, my church, Everybody I'm leading is going to lose a little bit if I'm not fighting spiritually. And so that's why I've got to do that because this is not just a physical flesh thing. This is a spirit thing because in, in the spirit realm also, it's about the, if I'm not fighting in the spirit, not just Aquaman, if I'm not fighting in the spirit, not just World War II, if I'm not fighting in the spirit, my family also is suffering. Casualty losses will be piling up. Kids will be going hungry. Maybe not, maybe not physically but spiritually, they'll be going hungry. I'm talking about my kids, my grandkids, and all those kids over there as pastor of this church. They're going to be going hungry if I'm not fighting like I'm supposed to be fighting. All of those that are under my care, and people are going to die. And not just physical deaths, spiritual deaths if I am not fighting. We must be fighting, and, and, and you need to understand this. You see, we are not fighting for God. God doesn't need me to fight on his side. We are fighting for the innocents. God doesn't need... Does God need my help? No. I'm not fighting for God. I'm fighting for the innocents. I'm fighting for my, my spouse, my kids, my grandkids, and all those kids, and all of you, and all your kids. Uh, that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for the innocents. That's who, that's who God has put in our care that we've got to take care of. Okay, so let's think about this for a moment. Th th this kind of hit me. and um, I don't think I've ever thought about this before. But, you know, like in this movie, we don't blame Orm, okay? Orm is the bad guy in the movie, okay? Of course, there's some other bad guys too, but Orm is the main bad guy, okay? We don't blame Orm. Why? Because he's a bad guy. You know, really, when you're watching, okay, and if you've not seen this movie, think about other movies where they're bad guys. You don't sit there, I mean, you might say, oh, he's a bad guy, you know, but you don't just sit there and say, man, he needs, he needs a mama to whip his butt or something. You know, I mean, or man, he needs to get saved or he needs to get right. Or he I mean, you, you, that's not what you're really doing when you're watching a movie. When you're watching the movie, you're thinking about Aquaman. Aquaman is the key. He's the, he's the one that, he has the power. He has the ability. He has the heritage. He is the firstborn. He's the firstborn, and so he has the right, the privilege, as well as the authority to step up and do what needs to be done. 
We, we don't blame Orm. We know Orm's a bad guy. Orm's doing what Orm does because he's a bad guy. But we'll blame, if Aquaman goes back, if Aquaman just goes to the pub and gets drunk, if all Aquaman can, if all Aquaman can, can, can lay, lay out in his, for his life is, is uh, how, how, how many drinks he can line up at the end of the day, those kind, I mean, if, then we start, who do we blame? We blame Aquaman. He's the one that can win this battle. He's the one that can bring victory. He's the one that can bring wholeness. He's the one that can, that can make this happen. We don't blame the bad guy. The bad guy is the bad guy. But so, so, so let me ask you this question then. Why do we blame Satan when bad things happen? He's the bad guy. And we know he's the bad guy. And he, we know Satan is going to do what Satan does. So who should we look at when things aren't going the way they ought to go? The one with the special abilities the one with access to power beyond imagination yeah the aquaman the the the, the heroes that are inside each of us. I mean, if we, if we want to look and blame for the things that are going wrong, I mean, it, it's easy for us to point fingers at somebody else, and especially the bad people, but we don't do it in the movie because we know, well, wait, that's just who he is. Then why do we do it in real life? Or even, even not just Satan, but what about God? We want to blame God. I, I do. And sometimes I want to blame God. It's your fault, God. I'm in this... I don't know that I've ever said it quite exactly that way, but I've been close. It's your fault that I'm in this, God. I, I, I've wanted to tell him that. I want to blame him. But in his mercy, you know, God is just such an awesome, big, huge God. He, he doesn't care with you about your little puny attitudes and ideas. In his mercy, he just reminds me, nobody, let me remind you where you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Let me remind you when you weren't praying. Let me remind you when you thought you had it all figured out. So why are we blaming other people when we know? We know we have not yet. And, and, and listen, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I mentioned this big point in the sermon about how easy it is to say no today. I mean, we, it's like you find all kind of articles on, online now about you need to learn how to say no. I'd say, please stop writing those articles. Teach people how to say yes again. So say yes to the right stuff. But say yes every once in a while. Because, can I tell you something? Destiny does not call at my convenience. You see, that's a lot of problem. Whether we we, we want to wait till it's convenient and then we'll answer. But destiny does not call at my convenience. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, um, I went to a funeral this week. Tony Smith's mom passed away this morning, so we'll probably have a, a funeral memorial service to go to in a few days. So we need to be praying for that family also. We had an extended family member die, a, a kind of a kind of a in-law of an in-law kind of a thing, you know. And we had to go to that uh, this week. And you know what? You know what I've learned is I've learned funerals don't come at my convenience. The funeral director does not pick up the phone and call me to see when I when it's convenient for me to show up. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, even as pastor, sometimes I'm like, oh, God, please let it work in right, because if it can work in right here, I won't have to change my whole week. Man, as, as pastor, I've had to, pr I've prayed that prayer. I've asked God, if you, you know, I've got, I got to change the whole week. And you know what? Most of the time, God ain't concerned about that part, because there's a whole lot more important things going on. Destiny doesn't come at my convenience. If funerals don't come at convenient times, destiny's not coming either. You've got to be ready to answer the call to destiny 
when the call is made because it won't come at a convenient time. So here's what we'll do. We'll figure out a way to just kind of get by, right? Well, I really ought to go to that funeral, but I can just send a bigger order of flowers than, you know, something else or whatever. Now, I'm not saying that you're wrong if you had to do that that time to time, but it's an attitude we sometimes get, right? Well, I really ought to do, but. And so you know what we start asking ourselves? Come on. We ask ourselves, what is the bare minimum requirement? And when we start focusing on the bare minimum, don't focus on the bare minimum requirement. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, I mean, do I really have to do this to be a Christian? You know what I'm talking about? I, I mean, can I do this and still go to heaven? You know, trying to find the bare minimum that we can do. Here's the problem with the bare minimum, okay? Let me give you a couple of scriptures. You, you've heard this one before because I throw it at you a lot because this... This is ingrained in God's nature. And I don't just mean the natural nature, I mean the spirit nature also, okay? Galatians 6 and 7, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whatever you stick in the ground is going to come out. You can't stick one thing in the ground and get something else. Whatever you stick in the ground, it's going to come out, okay? So let me say it this way before we read that next one. When a man sows minimum requirements... A man's going to reap minimum requirements. All right? All right that's paraphrasing, okay? And I, I, I think I'm on pretty good ground there. If, if you don't believe me, let's read this next part. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, minimally, at a minimum basic bottom of the line requirement, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. See, here's the problem. It's when I am sowing bare minimum required. God, what, what, what do you require? And I'm sowing that. Then what do I reap? I reap bare minimum requirements. I mean, I think that's what Scripture's telling me. If I, if I sow the bare minimum, then I reap the bare minimum. How much can I give and get away with it? How much serving do I really have to do? How much, if I sow the bare minimum, then I reap the bare minimum. And what is the bare minimum? Well, I can tell you, uh, air, water, and bread. And you know, so, so sometimes when people say, you know, I'm just not blessed like other people are blessed. I just want to scratch my head and say, well, duh. You know, and God don't let me say that <laughs> most times. You know, but that we want to so bare minimum and then wonder why aren't we blessed beyond measure like the Word of God tells us. Because with what measure a man sows, with that same measure, a man will reap. And if I'm so, what can I get away with? I don't, I don't really, it's not a convenient time for me to be somebody's hero today. So what can I get by with, God? Instead of really rescuing somebody, God, can I just say a prayer for them, give them five bucks? And God, what can I get by? A man that sows sparingly reaps sparingly. If you, want to be, if you want to be fulfilled and blessed beyond measure. All right, got to hurry. This is a big, long, go ahead and bring up that next slide, okay? This is a big, long slide right here, and I was going to walk through it. We ain't got time to walk through it. Uh, but sow according to your potential and reap God's potential. That's what, that's what it requires, to be a hero, to reap this abundance. You have to sow according to your potential, not to your basic, their bare minimum. What's your potential? You know, what, you know like, like giving, what's your potential to give? 
serving? What's your potential to serve? You know, somebody, all they can do is hand out cold bottles of water and say, Jesus loves you. And somebody else knows how to sit down with someone who has just lost everything and hold their hands and in prayer just lead them through the, 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 the valley of the shadow of death in, into a place of peace with God. What, what's your capacity to serve? Sir, if you serve or give or whatever you do in your bare minimum, you're going to reap that. But if you want to be abundantly blessed, then you've got to figure out, don't, don't focus on the bare minimums. Focus on your potential. What is your potential? Sow in your potential and reap in God's And what is God's potential? Jesus said it in uh, Matthew 19, 26. Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. That he gives us hope in the future. All these things, these are things, hope in the future. Some of you, you, you think there's something that you think is dead in your life. But God says, I want to give you, I'm dreaming of a hope and a future for you. There are, you, listen to me, there are some of you sitting here and you think something is over and it cannot be anymore. And God is telling you today, again, I am dreaming of a hope and a future for you. And there's your scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. And these are all, if you go to the Connect page, go to the sermon notes, all these scriptures are right there because one of these is going to fit most of you people in here like this, yes, this is what I need. You need to go here and you need to, you need to just, you just need to set you up a tent and stay here all week with whatever, that, whatever right here is speaking to you. And you need to read those verses every single day of this week and say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know you're doing something and I'm going to be a spirit being from this point on. And see this. Or, or like complete peace beyond comprehension. Some of you got a little bit of peace. You know, you get a little bit of peace. It feels a lot better. I was here today and I got some peace. No, God doesn't want you to have some peace. He says he, he gives complete peace. Peace that is beyond your imagination. Um, our abundant life. Man, there's a bunch of scriptures. Y'all just thought it was John 10, 10. Those of you who know John 10, 10. No, there's a whole lot more there. And there's more than I could put up there on the screen or put on the, on the connect page in the sermon notes. And, and, and the God wants you to have abundant life. Not just getting by. Not just squeaking through. Not just barely making it. God wants you to have abundant life. Last week, a family came down and they asked God, they, they needed a new place to live. And, and they, they, they needed a new place to rent. They came down and they asked for prayer at the end of the service. Guess what? The next day they found a house and the next day they moved in. And they're praising God for it today. He wants you to have an abundant life. He cares about that. What are you settling for? Quit settling. God wants you to have abundant life. I've got to hurry. Family, household, salvation, and blessings. Some of you, you got family members that aren't Christians, some that have walked away from God, some that have left that they'll never be, never be in a Christian church ever again, never be in another service, never pray, or never, no, there's, there's promises. And not just that one or two, look at all of them right there. Man, if you've got a lost family member, or you, or you need family blessings in, the, in your household, you, that's where you need to just pitch your tent this week. And just, and just all week long, you need to be hammering those scriptures and say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I, I, I'm deciding to be a spirit being from this point forward. And I'm going to see you bring household salvation. I'm going to see you bring household blessings into my house and, and uh, uh, wholeness. This is one I really need to preach, and I ain't got time, okay? Because what does wholeness mean? What, what's broken? Or, or what's not full? Wholeness. You know, we talk about people being glass half full or glass half empty, right? Let me tell you what God is. God's not a glass half full or a glass half empty. God is an overflowing God. When, when David said, my cup runneth over, God is a God that overflows wholeness. He, he's, not, he's not saying, what do you need to get by today? That's not God. God wants to bring you wholeness into your life. And so whatever every area of your life is, is, is not whole, God wants to bring. There's your scriptures. And then restoration. I'm going to say as quick as I can and get on, okay? Because we're about to wrap up right here. God's promises are forever. Can I get an amen? 
God's blessings and what he has chosen, they, they, they aren't for a moment. Whatever he says, it is forever. Can I get another amen? Okay, you know what that means? That means when something is stolen from you, if you have a promise for that thing, restoration is a biblical principle, and if something has been stolen or even something has died in your life, God is a God of restoration. There, there you, there's just a couple of scriptures right there. Just for, and so if there's something that's gone, something that's missing, something that's broken, something that you've lost, something that you don't, you don't feel that you've got anymore, God, it's a, it's a biblical principle. In it. And, and if you need more scriptures than I've given on any of these, just text me, okay? If you don't, if you don't know text, you can, you can easily send it to uh, pastorchurch2911.com, okay? And I'll be glad to help you with, with some more places for you to study, okay? But where, you need to find wherever that is and sit down right there. Okay, so let me say this just before I bring you to the front. Quick, I'm trying to say this as quick as I can, as hurry as, as, hurry as I can. I, I don't want to tell you what the last scene of the movie is. I don't want to blow it. For, it's, it's, it's a fairly new movie. I don't want to blow it for you, but that's not really the reason. The main reason is I can't say it in a moment that's going to blow you away like, man, that was an awesome ending, like the ending actually was. But let me say it this way right here, okay? Get this. Aquaman. Uh, at first... He tells Mira, okay, I'm going to help to this point, but then I'm out. But somewhere along the way, he realized what his destiny was. He realized what his purpose was. He realized what he was called to. He realized how to bring the power of that, that supernatural power into this physical world that he was living in, and he realized he had to do more. And when he did, then everyone got what they needed. They basically got peace. He stopped a war. He stopped, he stopped a war of annihilation from happening. And here, here, here's the closing of it. And when everyone got, because he did what he was supposed to do, because he didn't stay in that moment of convenience, convenience, he was willing to step forward into his moment of destiny, of purpose, of what I'm called to do, who I'm called to be, and all of that, because he was able to bring that spirit power, that supernatural power into his physical life, when everyone else got what they needed, the final scene, Aquaman gets what he wanted. And let, let me say it to you in this way also, is it wasn't even something he was asking for because it was an impossibility. Those of you who've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, right? It was, it, it didn't, he wasn't even asking for this, but it's what he would have wanted if he had thought it was a possibility. He wouldn't even ask for it because it was impossible. But something that, the, the thing that he wanted more than anything in life happened at the end of that movie. Because he made sure when everyone else got what they needed, got to, that's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things you're concerned about will be added to you. That's Matthew 6, 33, right there at the end of the Aquaman movie. When they got what they, when everyone got what they needed, then he got what he wanted, even though he had never prayed for it. Oh, man, some of you need to chew on that this week. Even though he never asked for it, he got really what he wanted. He didn't ask because he thought it was an impossibility, but because he, still, even though it was an impossibility to get what he wanted more than anything, he still went and helped everybody else. And when everybody else got what they needed, he got what he wanted. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. 
We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.